right? Or Brandon, whichever one, right? That's kind of what I think about. When you cross over in basketball, you go from left to right, right? If your dominant hand is the right hand, you want to make sure that the ball starts off in your left hand so then when you cross over to your right hand, you can drive, right? So you're, you're, you'll cross over into a good position for you to drive. Right here, Jesus is saying that you've crossed over from death to life. You've crossed over from this place of death where there, there is nothing for you, and now you've crossed over to life where eternity is for you. And we're going to be talking about that concept this month, death to life. What does it mean? What does it mean? We'll be talking about how we're the sons of Adam today and how we've crossed over from death to life uh, next week and how now that makes us sons of Christ. But today we're going to be talking about being sons of Adam. Now, uh, what was the holiday that just passed? Easter, right? But Easter isn't about bunny. A lot of people think Easter is another reason why Christianity isn't real or like that it's made up or copied from pagan myths because Easter uh, they think it's like Ishtar, right? This goddess from like some other religion. But actually, Easter and in, in, in the Greek is spelled different. It's O-E-S-T-E-R. And what that means is simply resurrection. So a lot of people think, oh, Easter, I don't celebrate that. I don't say it because it's pagan. You can say Easter because originally the etymology of that is resurrection. Everybody say Easter is all right with me. It's all right. It's all right. Don't feel weird about it. So Easter is a good holiday that we celebrate, and we talk about the resurrection of Christ. And now I think the resurrection of Christ needs to be spoken more about. So this April, we're going to be talking about just what the resurrection means. That's what death to life is. So there are some questions and statements regarding the world that always come up when it talk, we talk about sin and death. Uh, one thing about sin is uh, it's not just questions, but statements. A lot of the things that you hear, a lot of the statements or questions you hear, one of them being, I was born this way, right, when we talk about sin. Instead of uh, taking accountability or responsibility for our sin, we say, I was born this way. Other words, other people would say, it's just, I'm just human, right? It's human nature. Nobody's perfect. You'll see that a lot when people talk about sin. How many of you ever said when you've been caught in a lie or you've done something wrong, you will say, well, nobody's perfect, Right? How many times will you say that? Nobody's perfect. Now, what that means is this, is that I'm going to keep sinning because I'm human, and there's no point in changing. There's no point in stopping, right? That, that's an excuse, okay? We don't believe in excuses here. What we want to do is we want to, to take accountability. Now, a lot of people will say that because this, there is some truth to that. Humans do make mistakes. It's human error. Another thing people will say is, why do bad things happen? Or why do bad things happen to good people? Or why did the good die young? You'll, see the, you'll hear these sayings all the time. And then you'll hear other things like, why does God, if God didn't want us to sin, why did he create us in the first place? Or why does God even allow us to sin? Why, when, I, when the guy pointed the gun to the innocent person, why didn't God stop the trigger from pulling? You'll hear things like that all the time. Why did God give us free will? Why would God do this? Why would God do that? And we question God, and we have these statements to justify ourselves. And the thing that this all has to do with is humanity. This isn't a God issue. This is an us issue. We do things, and the problem is, is that it's hard for us to stop doing these things. So instead of saying, well, we got an issue, a heart issue that we have to fix, we have something innately wrong with humanity, we like to say, well, humans are good. It's just the environment that they're in. I want to let you know, it doesn't matter what environment you're in, if you're in sin, you're going to sin. A lot of people will say, hey, man, well, 
Maybe it's, it's something psychologically wrong in their mind. Okay, so you're here to tell me anybody that has a mental illness is going to kill themselves or kill others. Is that what you're saying? You see, people make excuses for everything, but the bottom line is there is an issue with humanity. And the issue is addressed with the truth that is revealed in the Word of God. And this truth is this, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. But that goes into another deeper thing, is that why do all sin? Well, we're born in sin. So does that mean this, that a baby born, if the baby dies, they go to hell? Because they were born in sin, right? So that means if, if I, you know, died in my mother's womb with, during a miscarriage, I would be in hell right now because I was in sin. David says this, that I was a sinner from the womb of my mother. So David recognized that he was born in sin. What do we do here? We have to look to the word. We have to understand what the Bible is saying here. If we can go to 1 Corinthians 15, 22. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22. 1 Corinthians 15, 22 will say this. It says, actually, go to Romans 5. Sorry, go to Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 14. Why is sin in the world and why is death in the world? It's real simple. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man. Everybody say one man. Say one man. And death through sin. In this way, death came to all people because all sinned. There's a little bit of circular reasoning going on here. Sin entered the world through one man and death entered through sin. In this way, death has come to all people because all sinned. So that means the reason why there's death and disease and destruction in this world is because people have sinned. Hence, the reason why people sin is because people have sinned. I don't know if that makes sense. The reason why people have sinned is because people have sinned. When you, growing up, look at your dad and look at your mom, sometimes you get annoyed. How many of you get irritated sometimes looking at your mom, looking at your dad? Like the way they eat. Like they eat weird. Like my dad, he used to always smack. And every time I'd be eating, he would just, and I'd be like, man, stop smacking, right? Goodness, right? Or maybe there's some, some other things, like there, there are things that go from generation to generation, and you don't understand why. For example, there'll be someone who their father leaves them. They'll grow up, have a kid, and they'll leave that kid. Then that kid then leaves their kid. And it's like they're doing exactly what they witnessed. People sinned, therefore people sinned. You see, the example of sin is the one reason why people continue to sin. But the reason why there's an example that we choose to follow is because of Adam. Everybody say Adam. You see, Adam is not just the first human, but he represents all of mankind. In Adam was DNA for all of mankind. So when he sinned, he destroyed, because God created a physical world. The physical world was destroyed by sin. So the physical idea, DNA, the structure, him, he was tainted. So now everything that comes out of him is tainted. In the garden, when Adam sinned, guess what? You sinned, because you are part of Adam. Humans are part of Adam. Is it fair that because of Adam's mistake, we have to pay for it? Is it fair? Well, it's not about being fair. It's actually just a reality now. 
Because of Adam, one man, sin has entered the world. And sin now rules over the world. So we have to understand that. When a baby is born, if we can go to that, that chart quickly. If we can go to the chart that I sent. This is my idea of what happens. When you're born, right, let's say this hill is the decision hill. Wow, it always looks so much better. I got to figure out. It looks really bogus right now. It looked better on my laptop. But this hill will represent you, right, or, or life. Let's just say life. The line represents the divide between righteousness, the right thing, and the other thing is sin. You see, because of sin, we're not born on the right. We're not born on this side of the hill. We're born on this side of the hill. And when that ball starts to roll, which is inevitable, it will fall. We're born with the inclination to sin. And that's what it means. You don't have to teach a child to lie, to steal, to say no. Kiki, your little brothers and sisters, right, that you take care of, they can get rude sometimes, right? Yeah, you didn't have to teach them that. And it's not because they don't like you. It's because of this thing called sin. We have sin rooted deep in us. There's all this, all this talk about systematic oppression recently, that there's a systematic issue, systematic racism, systematic inequality. I want to let you know there's nothing more systematic than sin. Sin runs so deep that your family line will be affected by sin. The government will be affected by sin. All generations will be affected by sin. Your thoughts that caused your actions, that caused the consequences, all are rooted in sin. And it all starts because we're on this hill, and once we get rolling, we get rolling the wrong way, and we fall. And that's where sin and death comes in line. Now, the, the thing is, right, is that if we can go uh, to Romans, uh, back to Romans chapter 5, this is a pattern. This is a pattern. So there is a pattern of sin. For all have sinned, and all are dead in sin. So everyone that has sinned, has lived in death. How many of you have sinned before? Right? Some of you guys, you're like, nah, I'm perfect. I remember asking some kid earlier, I think Marco was with me. His name was Samson. He was a kid. And I was preaching to him. And then I'm like, hey, have you ever lied before? He's like, nope. Never lied. I'm like, oh, you? You ever done anything wrong before? He's like, nope. Never. I'm like, dang, okay. Well, hey, you're Jesus now or something, Right? I'm like, you ever said no to your mom or disobeyed? I got him right there, right? That's what I thought, right? I'm like, dude, this guy has to recognize that he sinned once in his life. He's like, no, I've never disobeyed my parents before. And I was just like, all right, man, have a good day, bro. Have a good day. God bless you. You need Jesus, all right? Repent because you have sinned. Listen, we have this pattern of sin. and It's almost like a habit. There's a habit when it comes to sin. It's something that keeps happening and keeps happening and keeps happening. It's something that we almost can't stop. Paul said it like this, I do what I don't want to do. And what I do, I don't want to do when I do it. Confusing, right? That's sin. Sin is something that you sometimes don't want to do. You've heard that sin is wrong. You've heard that this is bad. It's wrong to steal, but I just stole. It's wrong to lie, but I just lied. It's wrong to lust, but I can't stop lusting. 
Why? Why? And it's, it's something like this. If you continue reading, it says, nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. That means before people knew what was wrong, sin was already ruling because the law was given to Moses. The Ten Commandments, you know, do not lie, do not steal, do not covet, do not worship any other God before me, right? Obey the Sabbath, right? Uh, you know, those laws. Yet even before that, people were sinning. So then when it was given to them, Right? Like I said, Kiki, you didn't have to tell your, your brother or sister, hey, that's wrong, don't do that. Before they knew that was wrong, they did it. After they knew it was wrong, they kept on doing it. Just because now we're given the law, because a lot of you guys, you're into this thing called behavior modification. Everybody say behavior modification. That means you just want to get better. You just want to stop doing bad things that much. I hear a lot of you say this. I'm just trying to better myself. What you're doing is you're under a law. You wanting to better yourself, putting yourself under a law, is not actually going to make you better. It gives no power. There's no law. There's no power in the law. Just because you know it's wrong to talk while your teacher is talking don't mean you're, gonna, you're not going to talk. What you're going to do is you're going to talk when she's not looking. Just because you know it's wrong to watch pornography doesn't mean you're going to stop watching pornography. You're just going to watch it in a way where no one finds out. Just because you know it's wrong to take money from your parents doesn't mean you're not going to take money from your parents. You're just going to take it and try to put it back when you can. You see, the law and us finding out what's wrong doesn't stop us from doing what's wrong. Your parents telling you this is wrong, your parents doing X, Y, and Z to make sure you don't know what's wrong, setting the good example for you does not stop you from doing what's wrong. Matter of fact, sometimes it actually makes you want to do it more. How many of you are the type of person when someone tells you don't do it, you're like, all right, I'm going to do it, right? Hey, man, dude, I'm telling you right now, don't flash. We, I used to flash people a couple times when I was younger, which that means is you just show your butt. Horrible, embarrassing, right? My friends would be like, hey, don't do it. Did it, right? Did it because they told me not to do it. I remember one time, uh, I think we were doing uh, this thing where it's called pull the table, Right? Where we just go behind someone, and then our other friend pushes them. And, you know, it's like someone's like, hey, don't do that to that person, right? Don't, don't push, don't pull the table on that person, right? And we did it anyway because someone told us not to do it. So it's almost like because of sin, the minute that we hear someone telling us that's wrong, don't do it, we do it. It's because we are in the line of Adam. What was Adam told not to do? To eat from the fruit of the tree of the uh, to eat from the tree of, of knowledge and good and evil. He was told not to do that. He was specifically told not to do that. He said, you can do everything else. Just don't do this. And the minute that happened, that command was given, right? He was now able to break that command. And what happened? He broke it. He broke it. He decided to break the trust that God had given him, break the command that God had given him. It happens a lot. Elevate. We tell you guys, we had a whole purity sermon. We said, don't date people that aren't Christian. Hey, don't do that. The Bible says, don't be unequally yoked. But the minute we said that to you guys, if you're living under the law, and you think that's a law, and you think that's, well, oh, so you're telling me I can't do this? Okay, the minute if you're in sin, you hear that, you're like, okay, how can I do it? Maybe I can get them saved. Then I can do it. The minute we tell you, hey, Dude, don't, don't be cheating. Don't be lying. Don't be stealing. You're already thinking of ways to do it or ways around it. 
That's what sin is. Sin is not going to stop just because you put a law in front of it. That's not what's going to happen. And it's because of the pattern that we're made in. Adam, think of it almost like an assembly line. Anybody ever seen an assembly line in, the, in like a show or anything? Everybody, anybody been to a factory? Right? They basically, it's just at a line where people are working and they do the same thing. They make the exact same product over and over and over again. I want to let you know you're in the assembly line of Adam if you don't know Jesus. And the assembly line of Adam does the same mistake Adam made every single time. So if you're in Adam's, if you, live, if you are like Adam, you're going to be like Adam with every decision. That means you're always going to eat from the tree. You're always going to disobey God. You may say in some way, oh, I've gotten better here, but you're still eating from the tree. You just ate from the tree a second later. So we have to understand, you're just in the assembly line of Adam. You're in the line of Adam. What the Bible would say, if we go to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 2, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, you're basically a son of disobedience. Being a son of Adam, being in sin is being a son of disobedience. That's a pretty big insult. That means you're in family, you're in relationship with the idea of disobedience. Ephesians chapter 2, as for you, you were dead. Everybody say dead. In your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the rulers of the kingdom of the air and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Another translation says, who are the sons of disobedience. You see, for some of us, we keep on disobeying God. I want to let you know that's still your fault for disobeying God. That's still your decision. That's still your choice. But right now, I want to let you know you have no power to obey God. You have no privilege, no authority, no capability in sin to obey God. Why? Because you're just like your daddy Adam, just like him. You see, because sin, we're all, we all sinned. We're all dead in transgressions. A dead man cannot bring himself to life. Someone cannot, while they're dead, resuscitate them. If you just took the defibrillators and put it next to a dead body and said, hey, come on, man, move. That person's not going to pick the defibrillators up and do-do-do-do. No, he's not going to do that. Someone has to give them life. And right now, what you've been trying to do is you, you've been a dead body with makeup. You've been a dead body, and you stink. And what you've been trying to do is put cologne on, put that Axe body spray that nobody likes. You're trying to put a bunch of stuff. Back in the day, they didn't take showers. They put powder on their nose. They put powder on themselves because they didn't take baths like that. That's what you're doing. You're a dead corpse living in sin, and you're trying to look better. Oh, I'm going to try to read my Bible more. I'll pray more. I'll pray a day or two. I'll read the verse of the day. I'll go to church. If you're still a son of Adam, you're still a son of disobedience, you're still dead in your sin. You see, because the sons of Adam needed the son of God. The sons of Adam needed the son of God. Sin was a pattern. Everyone was dead in their sin. So the son of God needed to come. If we go to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 22, onward. If uh, Melanie could come up, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, onward. It says right here in verse 22, that for as in Adam all die. Everybody say all die. 
You may try to come up with excuses or maybe ways to get the Bible, but I want to let you know, if you're an Adam, you are dead. For an Adam, all die because all sin. I don't care if you grew up in church. If you're a sinner, you're a sinner. You need Christ. I don't care if you think just because you have good grades, just because you're a good athlete, just because you're a funny guy with a good personality or a girl with a good personality, doesn't mean you're not dead in your sin. Just because you may feel happy here and there, just because you may have fun in your sin, doesn't mean you're not dead. You can make a funeral look real fun. I'll tell you that. You can make a funeral look real nice. There's some funeral homes that look elegant, but guess what? What's in there? A dead body. A casket can look real pristine. All the types of designs on it, real wood. But in that casket is a dead body. You may try to paint your life as if you're alive, but really inside you're nothing but a dead man. A son of Adam that needs the son of God, Jesus Christ. For an Adam, all die. So in Christ, all will be made alive. If you deny this truth that all die in Adam, you deny the truth that all are alive in Christ. You must understand the point of death. What is the Bible talking about when it speaks of death? Well, God didn't create death. We see that. Death didn't come from God. Death came from man. Death entered through man. As sin caused man to disobey God, if you reject life, what do you accept? Death. We rejected what life, where life came from, so we accepted where death came, comes from. We need to understand that. If you guys could all stand, and if I can have my altar workers, please. See, we needed the sun. Sin, sin came through one man. So now life can come through the one man, Jesus Christ. And Adam, all have died. All have died. But in Christ, all are made alive. So now as sons of Adam, you can be saved. You can be saved. If you've been in a pattern of sin, if you've been in a pattern of sin, this altar calls for you. If you've had a habit of sin, this altar calls for you. If you have been unable, incapable, powerless to sin, this altar call is for you. Because without Christ, you are stuck in that same pattern. You are stuck in that same habit. You cannot leave it without Christ. You cannot change without Christ. This altar call is not for a better life. This altar call is for a new life. The law will not save you. You doing your best you can will not save you because the best you can is not enough. You are not enough. He is enough. He makes us enough because he is enough. But without Christ, you are not enough. On your best day, you are still a sinner dead. But Christ, he can make you alive. He can make you alive. Why? Because he defeated sin. He defeated death. He did what Adam couldn't do. He did what Adam couldn't do. Adam saw the tree. He ate. Christ sees the tree. He denies it. He obeys the Father. You see Christ being sinless. Christ being 
perfect. He paid the price for our sin. He paid the price for our disobedience. So because of his life and his death, we can have life. And a lot of you say, yeah, I believe that. I believe that the Lord was talking to me today that you guys don't have faith. Because faith doesn't keep you in sin. You can't stay in sin and have faith. You see, faith takes you places. Faith takes you places. In the Bible, when someone had faith, they never stayed where they were at. They left and went somewhere. You can't have faith and stay in sin. You see, when you have faith, you go from death to life. You go from somewhere. You go from death to life. So if you're in this place saying, yeah, I believe, I believe, I'm here to tell you, if you're in death and sin, you don't believe in God. You don't believe in God. Because if you believe in God, you would have life right now. I wouldn't be talking to a, a, a dead funeral. I'd be talking to a place alive. So understand that, that in Christ, you can have life. In Christ, this thing called death and sin is defeated. And now we are brought to life in Christ. Don't leave this place confused. I want you to cross over from death to life if you believe in the one that was sent, Jesus Christ. He died for you to believe. He died for your life. If everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes, if you've been living in a habit of sin, a pattern of sin, if you have been unable to change, if you've been unable to repent, to look away, to turn away and follow Christ, right now I want you to come to these altars. I want you to come to these altars. Leave your, your place where you're at and come to the altars and receive prayer. Stop leaving, living in the same sin over and over, the same attitude, the same lies, the same lust, the same perversion. Stop living in that same way of life that isn't life at all. It's death. And come to Jesus because he's, really, he's willing to give you life. He's willing to give you a new habit, a new pattern of living. And this is a pattern of obedience where now you, are, you want to live for Jesus, where now you see who Christ is and you see that's who you want to be. Father, I pray right now, Lord, for every youth in this place, God, that they would no longer stay in sin, stay in death. God, I pray that they would come to know you, Jesus. I pray that they would repent, turn from their sins, change their mind, no longer be stuck in disobedience, no longer be identified with Adam, but now be identified with you, Christ. I pray for every person in sin, sinful relationships, sinful habits, whether they're addicted to drugs, alcohol, pornography, I pray that they would be set free in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that people would no longer be afraid of their friends, that they would no longer look at the gospel with contempt. I pray that people would come and receive you, Jesus, and experience a new life. Forget this dead religion that they were brought up in, God. I pray that they would be brought up in Christ who is alive. Come up to the altar if you want new life. If you want to experience this born-again life, go from a son of Adam to a son of Christ, a son of God. Then you come up. And if you are in Christ right now, I want you to pray for some people in your life that are not born again. Pray for people that they continue to live in sin. Maybe people that they continue to come for prayer to you. And you want them to be free and you love them so much. I want you to begin to pray for them. Whether it be family members, friends, neighbors, begin to pray for them. Classmates, teachers. Lift up people that are lost in your life that they may come to know Jesus. The altar is open for anyone and everyone.